we go out, we find him, and we kill him. And then evil dies tonight. And they start rioting. Evil dies They're tonight. flipping the fuck. They're flipping everything. You know what? I'm sick of this serial killer too. <laughs> evil they're dies flipping, tonight. They burned the hospital down. People were dying in there and they burned it down. They met Michael in the middle of a street. And they uh, they like started to gangbang this guy. They're beating him up. They're all, they circle him. And they're punching him and kicking him and hitting him with two by fours and baseball bats. And then Michael just is just like, I'm sick of this shit. And he goes off on them and he throws them all around. So this whole movie starts f- like four years after. Oh my God. Okay. For a second, so everything I... just kind of just like erases. It's really nice. It just washes away. I will watch it. I will be watching you it. You should. I, I like the Halloween movies. I will be watching it. Like but... I said. It's probably one of the more original ideas because Michael isn't the main focus, oh, which is okay. really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is really, really good. The it's reason why, like, I, I got that confused for a second with, I think it was the Texas, is it the Texas Chainsaw? The newest one where it's like that uh, that group of, like, young assholes goes to that fucking town. And then, right. yes, it is. Yes. Wait. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's the one where, like, yeah, like, uh, Texas Chainsaw, like, the guy who, whoever it is he's like was raised in that orphanage with that woman and then all those kids come to buy that the the parts of the town or whatever and then like right yeah yeah the reason why i remember it so well is because there's a scene where the the texas chainsaw massacre cur is on the bus and it's on it's on a party bus full of these fucking millennials yeah that are like tweeting and shit like that and then he gets on there with a fucking chainsaw Right. And he's standing there ripping the chainsaw and they're like, try anything and you're canceled, bro. I'm not kidding. They literally had a cell phone out and they're filming him. They're like, try anything and you're canceled, bro. And then he starts slashing them in half. He starts like one <laughs> so girl tries stupid. to escape through a window. And he cuts her fucking in half. It's it's so dumb. I just like it, it's almost it's but it's not like I don't know, like the, the, the rest of the movie didn't make it. So that that could be satirical. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it didn't make it like like that's the only scene that's very, very, very self-aware. Mm hmm. Everything else is trying too hard. Well, you know, at least there's in all the shit horror movies that have been coming. I guess like Terrifier 2 might actually be good, but that's more of like a slasher. I guess Halloween's yeah. a slasher too. Mm-hmm. But out of between those movies, they're pretty decent. And then we're about to talk about our pile of shit. Smile. Yeah. Smile. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I'm so excited to talk about Smile. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's a it's a 2022 American supernatural <clears throat> horror film, and it's written and directed by Parker Finn. It's his first time directing a feature film. He at this point has only done short films, uh, probably student films, etc. And it's actually based on his 2020 short film Laura Hasn't Slept. Um, it stars. I didn't know this. I didn't know Kevin Bacon's daughter is the lead. Did you know that? Oh, Saucy Bacon. That's what I. <laughs> no, that's what. I, that's her name. That's what's crazy. Yeah. That's her name. It's so. It's so. It's like Saucy Saucy Bacon or something. Saucy like that. Bacon. Yeah, Saucy Bacon. Yeah. And I you, didn't put two and two together. That, I didn't. I thought I'd seen her somewhere. Okay, but um, I. I didn't. She doesn't look like him. I didn't. I couldn't have figured. No, it she out doesn't either. really look like him. And I'll be quite honest with you. Like in the movie, she looks a lot older than what she is in real life. She's only thirty. I thought she was playing like a maybe it was just the stress of the script. 
<laughs> and the material she had to really work the with. The trauma. Yeah. That's what this movie is about. It's about trauma. And uh, so Sosie Bacon, who is Kevin Bacon's daughter, and if you'll know her if you are fans of 13 Reasons Why, she plays this girl named Skye. And if you know her, she's the kind of the girl that like Clay's riding around with on a fucking motorcycle in season two. After, you know, the season where Hannah becomes a ghost. If you know, you know. So Saucy, Saucy Bacon is... Um, Saucy. She's a therapist and, you know, she witnesses a bizarre suicide and, and it goes through increasingly disturbing and daunting experiences and it leads her to believe that what she's experiencing is supernatural. And the tagline for this is, once you see it, it's too late. And what are you seeing in question? A smile. And can I just say <laughs> that that tagline's not accurate? You it's know how not. long it takes for, for you to see this shit? You could have gotten away a hundred times. Trevor got away. People got away. You know, it, it, it's a slow burn takes technique. And I, I, to, I promised you, I promised you that I wasn't going to rip too hard on him because you know what congratulations it's your first big time congrats film and, you, you did you, and did you made it, honestly Good for you. yeah that's a big thing that's a big thing 17 million dollars yeah but you know what though like slow burns i think take technique and it's it's Absolutely. a it's a very it's a very um you know i i don't know because i've never done it before but i can assume it it's it's so well planned out Absolutely. Because, you know, yeah. you have to have the payoff at the end. So yeah. it just in you kind of have then you create the role mm-hmm. that eventually picks up momentum near the end. Right. Yeah. This film is just it's like tre- it's like you're trudging through shit <laughs> the entire time. There's, you know, like there's no I think we like I checked the clock like so many times. And I remember like looking at you <laughs> when we were watching it thinking like, what? <laughs> I was blue balled. It, it took 45 minutes to, to say the word entity. Entity. <laughs> 45. I think it's an entity. And the entity was there at the beginning in the first 15 minutes, but nobody said entity the entire time. The so, entire movie. For 45 minutes. So, uh, Joel and I saw this in theaters. Um, just to give you a rundown of what the theater looked like, I think this is like, so Smile came out, was it October... Uh, today is October 20th as we record this I think it came out like last week maybe two weeks ago but at this point the theater was about a quarter full it was a Sunday I think a quarter is generous a quarter of a quarter full <laughs> there was 15 of us in a, in a theater that could, that could fit 250 um, and for some reason there was children do you remember that there was like there was we found we young children uh, two or three small children sitting a in small the back indian row. family god bless them brought their like eight-year-old and six-year-old like i think one of them was in their pajamas to see this movie which i, I don't understand could be a bedtime minions story. was playing just next door I well think. some minions is boring as shit la la crocodile remember that I'd rather watch Smile. Lila Crocodile was also playing next door, but the small Indian family brought their very small children to see Smile. So, you know, this um, this movie uh, it, it it does a lot of blue balling, and it and here's the thing, Parker Finn, good for you for actually like you know realizing your your i'm assuming your dream which is to make a feature film yep. and uh he did base it off of his short film laura hasn't slept and i will say 
you can very clearly tell where the short film began and ended and that he had to extend around it to make a feature. I saw it. I don't know if you saw it, but I, I saw exactly where it started you, and exactly where it's it It's not hard to tell. It's yeah. very easy to find it. Uh, there is like it, it's a very it's a big dividing mm-hmm. line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> because you know what? I will say that if it was a short film, the material itself is fairly decent. You're following you're following the same path as um, it follows mm-hmm. uh, the ring. Like you have yeah. this demon that's attached to maybe not yeah i get well yeah with the ring like it's attached to trauma yeah and it spreads that way you know it's been done before this is a um i think a more generalized version of it (laughs) yeah like it follows is very intense yeah the the trauma is like quite heavy very subtle and it works the way it builds up it doesn't hit you over the head yeah so you know over the last couple of days i was sitting and really thinking about it and I think if you like the, if the short film was truly just based on a therapist walking into a room and meeting this patient that was just thrown in there and she's disheveled, she's messed up, you know, mm-hmm. like she just witnessed um, a suicide and all this stuff. And she's talking about, you know, seeing something and all yeah. this type of stuff. And it ends with her killing herself. Like that's a that's a decent short film. It's really well. Exactly. Yeah. Like and that's the thing. We'll, we'll get into what it exactly you know, to break it down a little bit further in a minute, but like where the short film we can clearly see when you watch this movie and, you know, like I'm sure it'll be out on Prime or, or whatever, uh, there's a very clear definition of where the short film starts and ends. Yeah. And um, within that probably 10 minute frame, it's really well done. Mm-hmm. The editing is tight. The pacing is good. Everything is just like exactly where you need it to be to have that kind of you know, shock of an ending. It's everything else around it. It just gets really sloppy. That is bloated. Yeah, it's very it's sloppy. Bloated. Yeah. And I can tell that Parker Finn, I'm gonna call you Parker. We're not friends, but Parker. I could tell exactly kind of what he was trying to do with it. And I know like, you know, he got this opportunity. He's like, yeah, they're gonna let me make a feature film. They said, this one's really good. Make something out of that. And maybe he just kind of like, and because he's a bit of an amateur Mm -hmm. and that's not even a negative thing. He's just like very inexperienced. You can tell, you can tell he's inexperienced Yeah. because a lot of it is the rest of the movie. There's a lot of awkward dialogue. There's a lot of um, blue balling. So many jump scares that like, they don't um, go anywhere. They won't. They don't go anywhere. Yeah. And then the best jump scare was actually spoiled in the trailer. Her fucking sister walking up towards the car, and then her fucking doing the oh. one eight, like doing the spine rip, the and head. then being like, <laughs> "That was the Rose." Da, da. You know what I mean? Like that was the best jump scare. Mm-hmm. One of the best jump scares. Yep. Uh, and that was ruined in the trailer. So, like, you can go through this movie, and then you know, I will say, like, I didn't really like it no i I would like the short film i didn't really like this movie but i can see why it did pretty well at the box office it made 114 million off of a 17 million dollar budget that to me is an achievement i this i'm gonna say out of 10 this movie was three it was a three it was it was a struggle for me to get through it was longer than i thought it was gonna be Mm -hmm. it dragged out way too far so long conversations that didn't have to happen happened Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like even, even the ending of the film, um, 
you know, spoilers, but whatever. You know, like at the ending of the film when she goes back to the house. Yeah. And I th- I thought it was like a kind of a really like a it was a it was a nice little trick. Yeah. But like it's very easy to find um that she goes to she's driving, she's happy cuz you know like when you have a when you like can you imagine like a demon that has that much power mm-hmm. over the person that it's possessing and it just dies from a lantern being thrown at it and then you know like the rest of your life you're smiling and driving away and you go to your ex-boyfriend's house and you know like that type of it's stuff like i was yeah. thinking about that i'm like is this too easy mm-hmm. if that was the ending that's shit yeah and then it kind of flips and it's just like okay you're mm-hmm. hallucinating and yeah. you know like i do like how she lost yeah in the end i think a lot of story like it, it, you know like you can't always beat the 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 demon or the possession or absolutely anything like that and you know most of the time a lot of like we talk about it all the time like cheap ways out is just like oh they kill it with a cross or yeah. they burn it or they <laughs> yeah. you know she was gonna isolate herself so it couldn't spread to anybody mm-hmm. but it did yeah um although you know like the ending still is crap but <clears throat> you see my thing here's a thing here's it comes a double-edged sword here the double-edged sword is is that there is, like, towards the last, like, 20, 30 minutes of the film, there is, like, kind of, like, a cheap fake-out. If you know the Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2, where there's just, like, it was all a dream or it was all a vision. It w- in this one, it's all a hallucination yeah. that she gets, right? So that, that happy ending is a hallucination, and she's actually back in the house. What I like is that, well, what I don't like is the fact that that whole 15 minutes was a fucking hallucination. Yeah. Okay? That wasted my time. Yes. What I do like is that maybe he did realize this or maybe he didn't. But trauma isn't just something that you you beat and it's over. Yeah. It's it's something you deal with every day. You're constantly yeah, overcoming. Yeah, and I'm sure that was probably yeah. an underlying metaphor throughout mm-hmm. the whole film. If it was a, I hope if that's it, what it was. If it was a lot better, I think it would have been <laughs> a lot more clear. Uh, but, yeah, you know, like, yeah. um, I don't know, the just the ending itself was it's just sloppy yeah you know you want to be cerebral Mm -hmm. and spooky and you know like you have this lengthy lanky weird looking mom slender man yeah like mixed with i'm I'm sick of these tall lanky (laughs) motherfuckers that are just showing up i told you that i think i whispered you that in the theater it's like they always get the same fucking dudes to do this there's like a couple actors in hollywood that are really tall lanky he was the he was the lanky man in in conjuring 2 yeah and i bet Mm -hmm. in it follows Yes, he was. Yes. Yeah. No, no, that was a different ki- because oh, that's it? a kid. Oh, okay, so there's two different people. Yeah. There's two or three different like guys who have that fucking because they get the same black guy who can do the fucking contortions with his yes. body. Right. They got him for fucking uh, scary stories we tell in the dark or something mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, they get the same couple actors. For that's some... like a big theme. Tall. Apparently, people. apparently, a lot of people are afraid of <laughs> really thin, tall long people. torsos and. <laughs> And frail long arms. And you can probably snap if you grabbed him and just like bent it That's backwards. That's what I mean. Yeah. If you gave some aggression, you could probably fucking snap it. Sure. All right. But what we'll do here is like, okay, we'll just do a quick rundown of the film. So if you haven't seen it, yeah, you should see it. You should go ahead and watch it. Honestly, like, go ahead. you know, like smoke a joint. It's spooky. Sneak some beers into the theater or just, you know, like curl up cozy on your couch and just... 
you know, you got to I think you do have to be a little inebriated. You have to you, do. <clears throat> you need something to get you through it. Yeah. It's just so boring. It is. Yeah. It loses moment. Okay, okay. We'll pause for a second. I just want to run down really quickly kind of the big things that happen in this movie so you guys can have an idea what's going on. So we have Dr. Uh, Rose Cotter, played by Sausage Bacon, or was it? So, so Saucy. Saucy Bacon. <laughs> played by Saucy Bacon, and she's like this psychiatrist, and she has like trauma. You can tell on her face. She sleeps at her office. She's always on call. Uh, her yeah. boss is fucking Cal Penn. Of all fucking He people. literally retired from the Obama <laughs> administration to go back to acting, and this is his first film and back. that's what and it you is. you got to be kidding me. Bless his heart, he does not look well. You know, it no. could have been a house sequel. Easily. We talked about this, but yeah. he killed, but Kuttner killed himself. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, you had to go and kill yourself, and now you can't make it back on good TV. Whatever. So Cal Penn is there. That's her boss. Uh, he's kind of worried about her for some reason. We don't see much of him. We see him maybe five to ten minutes throughout the entire film. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he's just in there. Mm-hmm. So Rose, you know, she's a psychiatrist in this, like, uh, mental health ward. She doesn't get paid very well. Her sister mentions that a couple times, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, she meets this – she's brought in. She, like, her her boss wants her. He's like, hey, you know, have you slept? you know, in the past little bit. And she's like, no. And he's like, well, I need you to like take like some, like go home and like have like a rest and like, you know, we'll call you back in the morning, whatever. She takes one more patient on. This patient happens to be a young woman named Laura. Laura is a PhD student who's suffering a psychotic break. And uh, basically like she's, she's out of her fucking mind. She's claiming that some motherfucker is smiling at her, but not like a, a friendly smile. And I'm quoting her. It's not a friendly smile. It's like the worst smile you can ever imagine. And that's what she says. As Laura is kind of like, you know, being like, hey, listen, like you probably have fucking schizophrenia. Like it's not that uncommon. Like that's just like a family thing. And she's like, no, I'm a PhD student. I couldn't have schizophrenia is basically what she says. <laughs> she does say that. <laughs> she's like, you don't get it. I'm a PhD. I don't have mental illness. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I looked it up. I looked it up. <laughs> We're going to get to that one. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, basically what happens there is that she's claiming that this entity, uh, we say it earlier, entity is smiling at her and, um, it won't leave her alone because she saw her professor kill himself like a week ago with a hammer, with a hammer. He bashed his fucking skull in with a fucking hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she hasn't been able to get that shit out of her mind. Laura doesn't believe her goes to call the orderlies and then this she turns around this bitch is like fucking behind her grinning like a motherfucker and she just slits herself from ear to ear goddamn glasgow smile and she and that's it and then laura is just like oh fuck and then that's where the, the actual title card comes up and it if you're epileptic you better be careful because this title oh, yeah. card was fucking flashing also what is up with that it was so out of like out of con like i don't know like it didn't fit the theme of the no it didn't it didn't fit the theme also the ending uh the last song at the end of the film before the credits roll lollipop oh no why was that playing was that lollipop yeah lollipop that one oh my god like what's the point what you know why because creepy music because but tiptoe you know through the window was an insidious, so? and people loved that shit. So Parker was like, "Yeah, but there was nothing." They're gonna love this shit. But like that, that song was established in the film. <laughs> it was on the record player, and they played, and the demon played it. That doesn't matter. But creepy like, music. You have no att- hmm. 
You have no attachment to it at the end. Creepy music, though. Like, music that you don't expect to be creepy. Lollipop, lollipop, oh, lolly, lolly. Like, this girl just doused herself in fucking gasoline and set herself on fire. That's cerebral. Hmm. But, yeah, so... I guess it went over my head. It, it, it sat right on top of my head, <laughs> sat there all fucking night. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, so Rose is, like, shooken up by this. Like, she's she's not the same after watching a patient kill herself. Although I'm assuming, like, I know that's rough, but Laura works in a psych ward, and, like, not even, like, a, a good one, like a publicly funded one, so you know she's getting all the worst of the worst of mental health cases. Yes, she does. I'm sure she's seen niggas eat shit, maybe, like, beat themselves, but yeah. this girl's, it's got her shaken. And we later come to find out it's because she's cursed. Right. She's cursed with the smiling demon. Mm-hmm. And this demon, it takes like, depending on how it feels, depending on how That's long its period is, it's four to seven days. Like, what's the mood? <laughs> what's the mood? I can get if he was, if, you know, it kind of, I don't know how you could have done it, but made him more like a playful demon being like yeah. i like to fuck with people yeah i like to make them feel like they're gonna fucking die today or maybe die tomorrow that could have been or fun. maybe die a week from now yeah, yeah yeah you know like i think <clears throat> i think one thing that insidious did really well kind of going off topic but they could have i don't know how you could have in put it in here but the ghost hunters <laughs> were just like this like comic relief to it yeah that you know, like made the film a little bit more enjoyable. It didn't stain the story itself. Mm-hmm. It just was like this moment where it's like, oh shit, this is a really creepy scene. Yeah. And then there's that one fucking go- like ghost hunter yeah, who's yeah, yeah. just like in that room being like, oh shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and not necessarily has to be a ghost hunter or any type of thing in this story. But even if like, even when Insidious showed the demon like sharpening his little claws in the, in the toy house with the thing and you kind of, you get like a more of a visual of him. And I get like at the end, it's the supposed to be this big surprise. He's this melting skeleton, Mm -hmm. multi-mouth piece of shit motherfucker (laughs) who's like, like to crawl down people's throats. Yeah. I get it was supposed to be a surprise, Mm -hmm. but it would have been kind of cool to see him. I don't know. Like, again, I don't know how you would do it, but just to fuck around. Yeah. You know, like, because like you said, like, it depends. Like, for some reason, it just depends on his mood. Some people last four days. Some people last six days. Well, that's the thing. Why? It's like, the thing about this is that what I took from this is that this demon is supposed to, like, kind of drive you mad. So is it about your mental state? That's what I mean. How much can you take? Some people can take it for four days. Some people can take it for six days. And some hard dudes have been doing it for 35 and 26 years. I was going to (laughs) say, then you come across some crazy fucking people who can hang on to some shit. Yeah. And then he probably gets bored. Yeah. He's like, shit, I got to get out of here. That's just what mental illness is. Yeah. If if you don't kill yourself from mental illness, that's just like, you know what I mean? And we talked about this in the theater. It's like, come on, Rose. Come on, Rose. I know. Come on. But any but like again, it could have been a lot more entertaining in it the could sense have been of way just like you kind of you, you see him being like, "Fuck." It's like, "Really? <laughs> I want to kill oh, you shit. now." This guy is like holding on. He's got like he's got some guts. This kid's yeah. got moxie. Uh, so yeah, back to back to Rose. Rose is uh she's got a fiance. It's a black guy. His name is Trevor. He's A-train from The Boys. Um I don't know if the acting is intentionally the way he's supposed to be acting. Like it's bad. He it, had he was the 
I would say probably because of um, this. I, I mean, like Saucy Bacon, I don't know what she's <laughs> ever been in other than what you've mentioned before, but <clears throat> I've never seen it. So to me, like Jesse Usher, um, who plays A-Train and Trevor, mm-hmm. like he, because of the boys right now, he's huge. Yeah. So he's probably the biggest name that's going on in the film. True, yeah. Uh, other than that Kyle Gallner kid who plays Joel. Yeah, true. Because he, he was in the latest Scream. He's in a lot Jennifer's, of horror. Yeah, he, yeah, Jennifer's Body, mm-hmm. um, that's The Haunting like in thing. Connecticut. Like he's, like he's a veteran kind of in like all these. He's like the kid in all these In all the horror, horror movies, movies yeah. Um, so I think those two names. Uh, not a lot of people probably know Kyle Gallner, though. Mm-hmm. Like you'd recognize him if you saw him, but his name you wouldn't immediately <clears throat> recognize. Him. But I think with like Jesse no. T. Usher, you look at him and you're like, okay, I know. I just watched the book. Fucking A. You know, like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, A. Train. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so like that's a name that kind of pulls it. Cal Cal Penn is just like Cal Penn. No one's thought about Cal. It was a, Penn it was a charity yeah. event. It was a charity move for him to jump <laughs> into that film as well. So, <laughs> so she has a fiance, Trevor. He is. Um, Typical, like, black... I say this as a black person. Typical black dude. We don't believe in mental illness. Like, that's just a fact. <laughs> that's just a fact. You you got to get your head straight. That's all it is. Like, you just got some shit going on in your mind. You got to clear that out and get yourself back on track. He's successful. I think he's a lawyer or something. I don't know. If, is it ever explicitly mentioned what he does? Um, You know, I... No. No, he carries gonna, around a briefcase, and he has like he's a he's a really smart looking black guy. So I'm gonna you know say he. I'm gonna say he is a lawyer. Yeah. yeah. Not a lot of people look the way he looks without being a lawyer. Without being a lawyer, I've yeah. seen uh, enough unless he was unless he was a, unless he was a doctor. Unless he was a doctor, and we know he's not a doctor. But he's not a doctor. No, no. Um. So yeah, she, uh, that's her fiance. There, you know, she has an ex boyfriend who apparently, you know, she just wasn't emotionally open to uh that is joel joel's the cop he's a young detective um and uh cassie cassie Cassie? oh no 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 (laughs) we're talking about that's that's love in the villa Uh uh-oh you're dredging up some shit anyway rose Rose is uh, you can watch Love in the Villa by the way the Love in the Villa episode is also available right now <laughs> a lot more Spotify. entertaining than this movie I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll give it that one um, she has a sister Holly Holly is kind of like she's like she's like a normie bitch like Holly is just one of those she's people yuppie. here's the thing about Holly though Holly is the one I'm most related to I was very much like because she, Holly is, is not living in her trauma Holly's like my childhood was fucked up she and I'm done with it. it yeah 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 she's well I'm she buried on. it with material goods yeah she did in a yuppie lifestyle yeah yeah yeah. that's what she did oh that's true yeah 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 yeah. so clever parker oh very nice yeah um but yeah no so holly is kind of like you know what i have a kid now i got a husband i'm living this life like i'm not dealing with this shit rose is somehow still stuck in it we we will find out why um and yeah rose still has a therapist that's that's kind of like all the the characters that are like in the actual movie and now the thing about rose is that we find out that she um, as a child, she witnessed her mother's uh, uh, suicide by overdose. But the thing yeah. is, spoiler alert, is that she actually caught her mother just before she was like <clears throat> past the point of no return. And her mother actually called out to her for help. But Rose, being sick of like the kind of abuse and the alleged abuse and, um, you know, like the mistreatment and craziness from her mom who's mentally ill. She just kind of lets her OD 
and and dies and that's kind of like what rose's trauma is the fact that she let her mother die now that to me was kind of like i mean either you, either you, you needed her in your life or you didn't like i don't know why you're still so hung up on this mm-hmm. it's like and you're you're a psychiatrist now like rose is a psychiatrist now yeah and it's just like to me i'm just like i would not want this fucking this woman who is like so caught up in her own shit to be my fucking therapist. No. And it's weird that she got as far as she did. Right. In her, in her field when she's just holding on to so much. Cause I don't think you, yeah, like you said, you, you can't help people yeah. unless you fully understand yourself. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> you know, like it's a miracle. She got where she got. And she's apparently very good. Apparently. Apparently. That's what Cal Penn she's, says. She's respected. Yeah. yeah that's what <laughs> That's what Cal Penn says. Um, but yeah, so, you know, Rose goes through like it's typical kind of like deterioration of like her mental state throughout the entire movie. At one point, there is a scene where she goes to her nephew's birthday party. And uh, we have a cat, by the way. There's a cat that's in the movie and his name is Mustache. Mustache. And you see Mustache for like the first 20, 30 minutes. We get some good shots of Mustache, yeah. which means Mustache is going to die. Yeah. And so Mustache um, does die, and it's assumed that Rose in her kind of, like, fucked up crazy state must have killed him. Mm-hmm. And she wrapped him as a gift and gave it to her nephew, but she didn't realize that she thought she got him a train set. Yeah. Uh, so he, <laughs> this fucking nerdy-ass fucking nephew, he's such a fucking nerd. He was sitting in that birthday. He was like, gracias. He was like, cause like yeah. her, her, his mom was like having him in Spanish lessons now. Yeah. And I'm like, he's sitting there like, gracias, uh, Duke. Gracias, Duke's mom or whatever the fuck. And then he opens it up and he like, this kid is fucking weird. He's like looking at this dead cat and we don't see it as the audience, but we kind of know what the fuck you it is. You know what it is. I called, I think I called it like. The you f- did. You did. <laughs> said, <laughs> it said the cat's going to be in that fucking box. <laughs> you did. You did. What's in the box? And then so this fucking kid, he opens up the box and he picks up the cat by the scruff. Scruff. This cat is fucking dead. He knew. Probably stinks. So you know this kid is going to be one of those fucking weird kids that either ends up sexually weird. But that's the thing, though. That's the thing. Maybe it's unintentional as well. But trauma is passed on. Trauma is passed on. It's genetic. I looked it up. (laughs) Okay, I got to get to that one. That's amazing. It's an amazing line. Okay, so this is what happens. So at, during the birthday party, Rose, you know, she's freaking out. She's like, I didn't put that in there. She's like holding on to the cat. And she's like, you know, everyone's freaking out. Her sister's like, what the fuck, you crazy bitch? This is my son. And then she's like, Rose is like clutching the dead cat. And then she steps backwards and falls through a glass fucking table. So good. Like, compl- I lost my fucking mind. I think yeah. I laughed. Perhaps other people in the theater laughed, I'm sure. But it was like it was pretty fucking like comical. That was some three stooges shit. Good. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was really funny. That was a that was a comical point. And then she just gets up, you know, out of that glass fucking table she falls through and she looks around and someone's smiling at her. Yeah. It's a demon. She's like, No, please, you have to realize someone's there. Regardless, Trevor picks her up, takes her back to the house, and he's pissed, right? Because he's like, Rose, this is, something's going on. He's like, You need to talk to your therapist. She's like, My therapist doesn't know anything. And then they're outside the car and he's like he's a smart motherfucker he's a smart motherfucker he's also black and he's black because he says this very line he goes mental illness he goes are you sure you're okay i know you got mental illness i I know what it is i looked it up 
that shit's genetic. I swear to God, that's what he says. He's mad. He's furious. He goes, you're crazy. He goes, I needed to know what I was getting into. Yeah. Is what he's. But he's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's like, why would I tie my life to something? That's like this. Yeah. Like, you're literally out here fucking putting cast in your nephew's it's, birthday. It, he's yeah, right. Get the fuck out of here. He's right. And I thought Trevor was going to die because he was the black love interest in, like, there's a fucked up love triangle in this fucking movie. Yeah. I thought Trevor was going to die, but Trevor just, like, leaves. Like, I don't know where, like, the, Trevor's just gone. He just After he calls yeah. her therapist, <clears throat> Trevor leaves. The therapist shows up. Rose, you know, she's telling Rose, you got like four days, bitch, or whatever the fuck like that. And then, like, you know, like, so Rose is like, I got to not give this demon a witness. Yeah. Right. Because she was she was talking to this, the other black guy, the other minority in, in the movie, other than Cal Penn and Trevor. Who also survived. Who also survived by yeah. getting the fuck out of that situation. Yes. Right. And he tells her basically, like, you got to end this curse by, like, killing somebody in front of somebody to pass on the trauma curse. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. So that fucking like Rose is like I can't I can't kill somebody or whatever and like he's like it's you and the, whatever but you think he's gonna die like like how in Final Destination two or three or whatever when Clear Rivers is like in the mental hospital yeah that's what I thought was gonna happen didn't happen both black guys survived this movie it passes the black test thank God you have the Bechdel test and you got the black test both pass so. Rose tries to starve this fucking demon by going back to her old childhood home and kind of, you know, confronting her, like, you know, her past traumas being like, you know, like, I, I, I'm not involved in this anymore. Like, you can't hurt me, et cetera. Fucking boyfriend shows up. He's not stuck Trevor. Inside. Yeah, not Trevor. Sorry. Her, her ex-boyfriend. He knew better. The white guy she, she would originally end up with if this was a happy ending. Joel the cop. And uh, he. <laughs> My namesake. He's a. <laughs> He's like, you know, outside. There's a whole hallucination scene where she like defeats the demon by like, you know, like smashing a lantern on its head or whatever yeah. and setting it on fire and it's screaming and la di da da. And then, you know, we realize that, oh shit, she didn't defeat it. That whole thing was a hallucination slash dream, whatever. And Joel finally busts into the house and he sees Rose there and he's like, Rose, Rose. And then and what's Rose doing? What's Rose doing? She's drenched in gasoline. Yeah. Okay. And she turns around and she's smiling. Oh. Not a friendly smile. No. Just the worst smile you've ever seen. Chills. Chills. And Joel is standing there like a dummy. Yeah. Watching the love of his life strike a match and then she sets herself on fucking fire. Yep. And then we see in his eyes, his little pupils, that Joel is watching her burn to a fucking crisp. He has now absorbed the curse. Now he's absorbed the curse. He's absorbed the drama. It's continued on. The trauma. Yep. It's, yep. And that that's it. And that is a lollipop, lollipop. Oh, it is. Lolli- yep. And then that's that smile. Yep. So that's, that's what it is. So now you guys kind of know, like, the gist of what happens if you hadn't watched it. And after this, uh, Joel, you got any more thoughts before we go to no, commercial? No, just sit and marinate in it. You marinate in this, and we're going to be right back. All right, welcome back. Welcome back. <clears throat> okay. So now we got into our little uh, our little treatments here. I believe, Joel. I think you went first last time. Did I? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I don't really know. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not being greedy. At this point, you're kind of, you're coming into your own, and I'm really proud of you. 
I'm I getting more comfortable. You know I what think. I mean? Now, this is a, a, a four I have never really been into. Like, I never have written before. Yeah. I have dabbled in, like, kind of, like, horrorish ideas because mm-hmm. uh, I am a fan of it. But um, not to this extent where I could, like, I write, like, a full, I, I wrote, like, a full story. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. it's, you know, it was... Um, it definitely was a, a challenge in its own way, but you know, you'll, you'll hear it. You'll see. Well, I mean, like we definitely, we said like as a short film, this actually succeeds. Yeah. And I went that route. Mm-hmm. I went short film route. So it is going to be a short treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of just cuts to the chase. Yeah. I now, uh, I kept some of the stuff from this film, but I, I, I erased a lot of it. Yeah. Because... Again, like I, I, I don't, in, I didn't like the subject matter of this story. I don't <laughs> think it was very entertaining, and I don't think it really sticks very well mm-hmm. as like a larger film. So I kind of went a lot heavier with like, you'll, I mean, like you'll see, yeah, you'll, yeah. you'll see, you'll see. So, um, well, I mean, with that, yeah, you want to lead us you in? You want to go? All right, let's you want set, me to go. Let's set the mood. Oh God! Candles lit. Mm. Lights are dim. Mm-hmm. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So the story starts with a child, uh, a young, two young kids being escorted out of a old farmhouse. Um, it's Rose and, and her sister Holly. Mm-hmm. They're being taken out and put into a car. Uh, child services were called on Rose's mom um, because obviously somebody reported, you know, the smell of death. You know, like the kids. They're not doing well. Yeah. You know, they look malnourished. Yeah. They're not wearing good clothes. Not, not good clothes, but like dirty clothes. Yeah. They look dirty, et cetera, et cetera. So anyways, but they're not the only kids being pulled out. So there's oh. multiple children being pulled out of this house, out of this old dilapidated farmhouse. Mm-hmm. And you see Rose's mom standing, running to the door and standing there and being held back. Now she's extremely skinny. Mm-hmm. She's wearing raggedy clothes, dirty skin, sunken eyes. But behind her are multiple people. And they're all wearing kind of like the same color garments, like dirty, oh, white, beigey okay. things. So all the cars are all the kids are packed into the cars. Cars are pulling out of the driveway. And Rose's mom just bolts it out of the door and is running down the road in her bare feet, screaming at like a horrifically high pitch Mm -hmm. as the car is driving off into the distance. You kind of see her just like disappearing, screaming and wailing and flailing her arms. So we cut to a dark room and a candle lights. The, it lights up, dimly lights up a dark room and there's like people humming like a, like a, like a soft humming going on. Rose's mother walks over with a book and sits um, beside a old unkempt man. Mm-hmm. Um, she opens a book to a certain page with like, um, you know, demonic drawings and like weird writing oh. on the book. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I this know is what some, you're saying. This is some typical bullshit. Cultist shit. Of course. So she sits cross-legged beside him. The group, all they all kind of form together at this point. And they all light candles and they form a circle and they sit. Two men drag in the oldest and weakest looking member of this cult and they stick him in the middle of the circle. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the old man with the book starts the ceremony. They're speaking in Latin, uh, but essentially, like, you can kind of tell that they're begging. They're saying, uh, uh, they're begging Satan <gasps> to, um, to curse the ones that took the children away from their family and destroyed their loving culture that they were growing there. Okay. So also like just to, just to tell you, like give you a little bit background on this cult. Like they are like a bunch of druggy hippies, like peace, love, shit like that. So they got really desperate with this thing. And, you know, maybe they were slowly coming to the point where they wanted to be like a summoning uh, satanic cult. Yeah. Um, But essentially like this is what they get to. They're very desperate. They want their children back. So, they are talking, they're begging, they're praying and begging and chanting to Satan to unleash a curse on the ones that took the children away. And as the chanting uh, continues, Rose, Rose's mother stands up and she grabs uh, a knife and she cuts the man's throat in the middle of the circle oh. as a sacrifice to, sa- to Satan. So he slowly collapses to the ground and then kind of shit starts to kick off the house starts to shake the woods creaking the shutters are smacking wind is howling and then the candles blow out and then the room's dark Mm -hmm. so then we cut to rose decades later she shoots up from her bed she's in a cold sweat she looks around and she sees her fiance trevor sound asleep rose has this occurring nightmare of her foster family slowly walking through a wooded area Mm -hmm. holding her hand and as they come through a clearing they they walk to the old farmhouse where she was where she was as a child mm-hmm. and the door slowly opens and it's all black inside but her foster family all walks in but she stands back and they you she can hear them all calling to her so when she gets the door she wakes up yeah she never gets to see what goes on beyond mm-hmm. that door and she has like a dream journal like she continues to write these down because they're they've been they've been starting relatively recently she's she's always dealt with her trauma like in the main story as in the movie as well like she has that traumatic past not necessarily her mother was ODing on purpose but she's you know she saw like she was living in this like like fucked up it was a fuck situation dippy called like they didn't they were eating squirrels you know like they were eating dirt (laughs) You child know what abuse. I mean? Like yeah, child abuse. <laughs> like it, they weren't good. Yeah. You know what I mean? They weren't good. So she was she was raised with child abuse. And, and, and that's kind of like the sense that you get, I think, with this that I wanted to make. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so getting back to the story. Uh, so, yeah, so she wakes up, she writes in her journal, she showers and she gets ready for her day. She's a therapist at a local hospital uh, dealing with all sorts of patients with, you know, we talked about it, crazy shit going on, smacking heads, smacking fucking heads, running around, cutting all this type of stuff. (laughs) Um, But this one day she gets a new patient, her last patient of the day. Uh, A woman named Laura comes in and she is, you know, against the wall. Mm -hmm. She's shaking. She's quivering. And then Rose walks in and sits down and she's comforting. You know, she's she's like, talk to me. You know, like, we're f- I'm here to help you. I need you to talk to me. Mm-hmm. But she looks at Laura 
and she senses something familiar about her. Like there's something uh, that she has, she's seen this before. Like mm-hmm. she's recognized something that's in her eyes before. She's seen this. So she she can't shake that feeling, but she kind of pushes it aside and lets her profession take over. So um, she asks Laura, like, what's been going on? Now, Laura, like in the main story, um, witnessed an insane suicide. Yeah. But this time it's gonna it's her husband. So her husband was brutal like found mutilated. Yeah. She was found he was found mutilated. And she was she disappeared. They couldn't find her for weeks. But mm-hmm. then she just appeared at some point. And, you know, they the investigation cleared her for whatever reason, mm-hmm. but she was not tried for the murder. So you know, she gets put put into this psychiatric care. So Rose tries to calm her down, but it won't take. And in the midst of the crying in the corner, Laura stops and says between her whimpers, do you remember what it's like being taken away? Rose steps back because now she recognizes who Laura is. She's one of the children from that cult. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. And so she tells Laura or yeah. So, uh, she yeah so she says that to rose and then rose steps back and she's like oh shit that's who you are so laura was one of the kids in the family Mm. and she tells rose that she's been having these nightmares before the murder of her husband Mm -hmm. um of a shadowed figure that constantly follows her around and he talks to her while she's sleeping mm-hmm. and he tells her things, things that she doesn't necessarily understand, but eventually could happen. And she mentioned, she told her or the thing told Laura that her husband was going to die. Yeah. Um, and the shadow also told her no matter what she did, it would, could not save him. Mm-hmm. So she ran away. She ran, she ran away. That's what it was. And then Laura starts to convulse and she's hyperventilating. Oh. So Rose gr- runs to grab a sedative because this is like uncontrollable, violent, like type yeah, yeah, of yeah. stuff that's going on. Rose runs to grab a sedative. When she turns around, she sees Laura standing behind her mm-hmm. with a needle in her hand, the empty needle, and she draws air. Oh, fuck. And she holds it to her neck Mm -mm. and Rose grab turns or like reaches behind her, grabs this phone to call security. She's holding the phone to her head and Laura interrupts her and says, do you ever see it? Do you ever hear it? Or do you ever feel it? Your time has come and my time has ended. And she stabs herself in the neck and pumps the air in and she starts to seize. Yeah. She hits the ground and Rose runs and looks over at her and she's got a huge, smile oh, on her fuck. face <laughs> <laughs> you gotta throw it in there somewhere oh no oh just, I, there's something about people like killing people or killing themselves with fucking like a syringe full of air that just fucks me up i don't know what because it is. you can kind of imagine how it feels like it's just gonna be like fuck like that's it's terrifying that's just not supposed to be fucking there no it's you know, terrifying that's so fucked even when i go to the when even when i go for a stupid needle at at like the doctor or the hospital 
I watch them to make sure that they push that air out. You make sure the air's out of that, eh? Yeah, yeah. you never know. <laughs> you never know. Okay. So after that, um, Rose gets pulled into one of the offices and two detectives walk in. Uh, one is a older gentleman and right behind him is this younger guy, Joel, who is in this story, her foster brother. She's questioned about Laura's state of mind, all that type of stuff. The same, you know, stuff. The Yeah, the old song the stu- and dance. Yep, that mm-hmm. they went through. Um, and, you know, she's cleared after the interview. And uh, her boss, Cal Penn, is like, look, take some time off. Mm-hmm. This is a fucked up thing that happened. You've been stretching yourself thin anyways. Maybe this is like a perfect moment for you to kind of, you know, take some take a leave get your shit back together yeah and then come back strong she packs a bunch of her stuff and she starts walking to her car on her way to the car she can she sees joel is leaning on her car Mm -hmm. she walks up to him and she uh you know tells joel that the things that she didn't say during the interview was that laura was from the family where she came from yeah and she begins to tell him about the dreams he's having or the dreams that she's having. That's kind of correlating to what Laura was talking about. These mm-hmm. hallucinations, these dreams. Now, Rose isn't seeing anything right now, but these dreams kind of match up. Yeah. Joel chalks up to past traumas mm-hmm. and stress and being overtired and all this type of stuff. And, you know, offers to drive her home. So Rose gets home late. She walks into the kitchen. She grabs a bottle of wine. She sits in the dark, just staring. The last thing Laura said to her just can't leave her head. Mm-hmm. She can't drop it. She just stares and she starts to cry because it's now dr- it's like she blocked this shit. Yeah. And now it's coming back. It was buried. Now it's not. Now it's like flooding her. And as you're just like staring at her, watching her cry, you see a figure moving her in the background. And a, a hand slowly touches her shoulder. And she jolts and she turns around. And it's just Trevor ah, with a bag of Chinese food and a <laughs> bottle of white. And he said, you know, like, I figured you probably needed it after today. Mm-hmm. And they hug and they kiss and all that shit. And they eat Chinese food. But during the dinner, they talk about the incident that mm-hmm. happened. Um, but Rose, you know, um, dials back a lot. She doesn't talk a lot about, like, how they're re- how they come from the same upbringing mm-hmm. um yeah so that night rose is tossing and turning in her bed and she hears a creak in the hallway rose gets up and goes to look and she sees a light turn on downstairs she wakes trevor Mm-mm. and he goes downstairs to check nothing is out of the ordinary the alarm never sounded off there's no open windows. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. Just the light was on. So he tells Rose, like, just go back to sleep. But Rose can't go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. So she goes downstairs and she pulls up the audio from the sessions from Laura's, from the meeting with Laura. And while listening, Rose is Googling up the, just like the research or just all the stuff about that cult that she was grown up in. Yeah. Now this is decades later. We never know what happens to this cult after, Mm -hmm. but we do find out through her Google searches that they, there was just a mass suicide. They all killed each other. Typical. It was, they all ended it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, because 
at the beginning we get a hint that they're dabbling now in in the dark arts we can assume that they <laughs> probably all just killed themselves in a sacrifice f- for satan yeah to be in satan's in his know, clique in, in his, his club. yeah in his like club uh okay let me see what we got here okay hold on i this got is very lost. entertaining going like like oh, this is this thank is a you. little that's what i mean is like it's structured better than <laughs> yeah okay so anyways so she she brings up all the file or all the articles about this mass suicide that this this forest cult was going through that she was a part of and at that moment the motion lights turn on in front of her mm-hmm. but then they turn off but then you see behind her that they turn on and then they turn off Fuck. and it's almost like she's watching it and she's it's almost like she's seeing something move outside that she can't see but she knows that there's something walking walking around the perimeter around the house so she's just sitting there in silence the lights go off and she's just sitting in the dark laptop light in her face and it's just like dead silent yeah and then the front door alarm blares and she runs to the kitchen. She grabs a knife and she turns the corner and she almost stabs Trevor because she's Fuck. in a rush. Mm-hmm. He's going around the corner as well. Like she almost like stabs him. Yeah. So she makes him go around the entire house to make sure that everything was OK because she swears the motion lights were going off and that alarm went off because something was trying to get in. Mm-hmm. Obviously, nothing came like he obviously like nothing came of it. And so the next day, Rose uh, has an appointment with her psychiatrist. Um, She gets there and they kind of run through most of the things that Rose has been dealing with in the past that she's managed to overcome and bury and all that type of shit. Um, But now she's going to she starts bringing up like these very vivid dreams that she's having. Yeah. Uh, Walking through like this forest, coming through a clearing with her foster family and, you know, coming to the farmhouse and the door being open and the foster family's entering and she can hear people calling them, mm-hmm. calling her. But when she gets to the door, she always wakes up. She never gets beyond the door. And so, and it's reoccurring and it feels very real and she, she can't make heads or tails of it. So the psychiatrist is saying, you know, just the basic stuff. You're dealing with a lot of trauma from the past. You're overtired from work. You're stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, you deal with schizophrenia, psychosis all the time with these patients. Like maybe like it's just because of your so overworked, it's just le- seeping in yeah. to your psyche. So, you know, like it's important that you do take this time off, kind of recover yourself, rebuild yourself. Um, she's going to prescribe her, uh, you know, some drugs to help her with some depression and help her with some anxiety. Mm-hmm. So, the psychiatrist kind of writes her a script to calm her down. Yeah. So on her way back out of the city, Rose decides to call Holly, her sister, just to kind of because like she just saw Joel, um, this Laura thing. Yeah, yeah. She's um, but Holly has healed. She's completely yeah. she's completely pushed this shit aside. She's buried it with her materialistic lifestyle, mm-hmm. marrying rich yuppie lifestyle you know her past has nothing to do with her anymore she's She's, very separate from it yeah she's grown out of it um so they so she calls in and she's like let's meet for lunch and holly's like yeah so they meet at this patio 
And they're sitting down and talking. Holly's just ranting about Pilates, about her ass <laughs> being flat. You know, like she doesn't get time to do shit because the kid's an asshole. But Rose, you can see like it's just eating at her and she just interrupts Holly. And um, she asks Holly if she remembers anything. Mm-hmm. She remembers Laura. Remembers anything from the past. And Holly just simply is like, no, I, I suppressed it. It's yeah. gone. I don't remember anything about it. I don't want to remember anything about it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. And to kind of change the subject, at the end of the lunch, Holly just says to Rose, like, why don't you come to your nephew's birthday in two days? Mm -hmm. It'll be good for you to get out, mingle with some people, kind of just like free your mind of your work life, all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. And Rose says she thinks about it. That night, Rose is having this exact same dream that she has every single night. But this time, when they come through the clearing, her mom is standing at the door. Yeah. And she's waving her in, smiling. <laughs> but she wakes up from that. And she looks down, and she sees this figure standing at the end of her bed. Mm-hmm. This figure begins to crawl and climb over her body. Oh, fuck. And it's pinning her down. She's trying to scream for help. No. She can't. She's pinned. She looks up and she just looks into the void of the black eyes that are just right above her. And then she like comes to, but she comes to in a, in a dark room. Mm-hmm. She can't see anything, but she's, she knows she's in like a very small dark room. She finds a door and she peeks out and it's a long hallway. And at the end of the hallway is a little light. And so she go, creeps down the hallway and she peeks through the door and into the lidded room and she hears like people reciting something and as she gets closer to the door it becomes clearer and they keep using the word satanus 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 yeah. so they're you know there's some they're, they're it's satan yeah, yeah they're yeah. calling the devil right um so she gets closer she peeks in and she sees a group of hooded figures swinging um what are they called thuribles or whatever like that church smoky purifier (laughs) shit but it's glowing yeah red and it's billowing black smoke and these people are like circling around the room doing it and all the while these there's another group of hooded people just kneeling in front of this like beast looking creature that is like standing stretched out Mm -hmm. head looking up And it seems like they're praying to this beast. Yeah. So Rose is terrified. She doesn't, she wants to go back the way that she came, but she knows that there's no other way out. Mm -hmm. So she has to go through this room. So she quietly enters and she wants, she's, she's going to sneak. She's going to see if she can sneak around and try to get out. Mm -hmm. But one of the hooded figures sees her and walks over to her and takes off the hood. And it's Rose's mom. And she looks healthy and happy. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's smiling and she tells Rose to come over and sit down with her. It's been so long since they've seen each other and talked and Rose just begins to cry. And she keeps thinking like, what is this? Is this a dream? Like, what is this? This is like the most real shit of all time. Yeah. So Rose just sits down beside her mom and the mom is telling Rose, um, you know, like that, 
the family is still all together. They're, you know, like they've, they managed to survive and get by and they've been waiting for this time for the children to come back. And, uh, she's like, you need, you should recite what we're saying. Yeah. Um, to our King. And so Rose looks up and she sees like this beast standing like right in front of her. And as she's looking up, the beast is looking right down at her. Um, he walks over. He kneels down. He caresses her head. And he comes close and he whispers something in her ear. Something you can't hear. You don't know what it is. Um, but then she just begins to... The hardest cry yeah. she's ever had. She's just like like convulsingly crying. Um. And that cry went from fear and sadness to like oddly like happiness. Like yeah. it's like becomes a happy cry at the one point. Like she's like laughing and crying at the same time. And she stands up with him and she holds his hand and they walk to this altar and he stands there and she bows. Yeah. So, yep. so then a few days later, Holly, two police officers and Joel are at Rose's and Trevor's door. Um, she never showed up for the birthday party. She never answered any calls, any texts, neither did Trevor. There's silence from them. Yeah. So Holly caught Joel and it's like, let's go see what's going on. Cause she wasn't in a good place when I saw her before. Something's up. Holly knocks a few times, then uses the spare key to enter. The, th- the four of them entered the dark house silent. Uh, Joel tells the two cops to go check upstairs in the bedrooms and Holly and Joel walk into the kitchen and living room. And as they're walking down, they look over, and on the dining room table, I'm so sorry I'm doing this, Trevor's dead. Typical shit. I know. You killed the black guy. I didn't say- You did what we were all thinking. I didn't want him to die. <laughs> he, it just had to be a part of it. Listen, I know I know what we are, the sacrificial lamb. Honestly, Trevor could have been white. <laughs> Trevor could have been, been white. He could have been Asian. Trevor could have been any color. Parker was trying to be- In inclusive. fact, in this story- Trevor's Asian, okay? Trevor's Asian. Trevor's Cal Penn. Yeah. And Cal Plus, we're, Penn. We're switching roles yeah, here. We're, that's what it is. And Adrian Usher is and doctor. Usher is uh yeah. is the doctor, okay? Yeah. There we go. Better? Mm-hmm. Cool. Much okay. Better. So they find Cal Penn's gay, eh? He anyway. Is. He is. Yeah. yeah. All right, go ahead. Uh so Trevor is laid out on the dining room table and he is ripped apart. Like animals had their way with him. Mm-hmm. Uh decapitated. Just shred it. Yeah. Um, but they see a trail of blood that just leads outside. So they he calls the two cops downstairs. They draw their guns. They go out to the door. They go out to the balcony, and they, they follow the blood, and they see it drops down from the balcony, and they look over, and they see Rose in a white gown co- soaked in blood Fuck. holding Trevor's head. Mm-hmm. Just like kind of prancing and like waddling around down in the forest. She's living deliciously. Like I kind yeah. of wanted that like vibe, <laughs> living deliciously. Yeah. But no, she's not like dancing. Yeah. But she's just like kind of like she's just like swaying and just like she's holding peace, his head. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. She's like caress- holding the head. She's like caressing it. So they run. They r- rush down there and they have their guns drawn on her. Mm-hmm. And Rose put that Rose puts the head on the ground and she pulls a knife out and she puts it to her throat 
and they're telling her to put it down. Everything's going to be okay. Joel is like Holly's bawling. Mm -hmm. Joel's bawling. And she looks at Holly and she said, she goes, uh, do you ever see it? Do you ever hear it? Do you ever feel it? Your time has come and my time has ended. And she pulls the knife across her throat Fuck. and just hits the deck. <laughs> so I tried. I, I tried. I tried. Oh my god, no. Oh, so much like so much fucking slitting of the throat. The yeah, I mean it's pretty needle. violent. It's violent. It's just like no, but like there's just subtle things that just make me like fucking like oh, especially with air in the needle, fucking do you ever yeah. see it? Do you ever feel it? That's fucking spooky, man. Very fucking spooky I, shit. I tried. I really tried. You There's, could there do are this. there are points where I like I kind of I felt it. Like I felt yeah, yeah, like yeah. a vibe to it, and I was like, okay. You, you were know. with it. I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I do. That was uh, that was really well done, Joel. Really well done. Thank you. Um, very spooky. We actually have the candles on right now, so it's yeah, like, very I told spooky you. Spooky in here. The ambiance is crazy. Uh, and with that, I'm gonna get into my little treatment here. Um, basically what mine was, was I just, I fixed some things. I just fixed yep. some character things. It's kind of similar to what I did. If you haven't listened yet, black light, we did this in black light. Uh, I kind of just did a little fix it in terms of characterization in terms of just kind of like what happened. Uh, yeah. So like, let me just get into mine and we'll see, see what we got here. It kind of follows a similar structure. Uh, but where I wanted to like kind of change things is like, I didn't like Rose in the actual movie that Parker made. I didn't like yeah. Rose. So I made this. So Rose is like a no-nonsense psychiatrist, right? Like she's an efficient workaholic. Okay. But she's lacking in bedside manner. Like she's working in like a public fucking, fu publicly funded fucking hospital. Yeah. She's in the psych ward. She sees schizophrenics, people like slang and shit. Fucking pissing, screaming, cutting, like, you know what I mean? Like all the, like the really bad shit. Like she's not up fucking north, upstate in like a nice little psychiatric hospital. Yep. She's in a fucking like inner, like, you know what I mean? So she's kind of like, she has this attitude where it's like, yeah, she's like, I'm going to help these people. But like these people who find themselves as victims, she goes like, I don't have any kind of like empathy for that. Right. And she's just like very cold in that way. Yeah. And so she's assigned to treat Laura, who's a young troubled woman comes into her kind of like uh her ward that day and uh she doesn't believe like laura's story because laura's telling her she's like i'm seeing this this I, I saw my professor kill himself you know last week i was kind of like you know like i saw him like he, he killed himself with a fucking hammer i'm losing my mind she's like i, I laura's like you know like, rose is like this is probably schizophrenia do you have a history of mental illness so like there's always a logical thing yeah to kind of back this up yeah. you know what i mean like she's sure. not she's not playing this game and then of course you know laura's like i'm a phd student i don't have mental illness no, you she, know still what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> she still says it in mine <laughs> and um yeah so uh, rose just kind of assumes she's having a psychotic break and you know she's just like okay this girl She's probably stressed the fuck out. She's uh, like, uh, maybe she's a med PhD student. So right. she's fucking like, you know what I mean? Maybe it's finals. Maybe she's just having a psychotic break. Maybe she just needs to have a little, uh, what we call a slippy, so uh, a grippy sock vacay is what it is. When you go into the mental ward. Okay. 
<laughs> for a few days. Yeah. If you get fifty-one fifty, or you uh, you absolutely like volunteer yourself for the medal award, it's called the grippy sock vacay. <laughs> and my sister will give you permission to use this because that's what <laughs> that's what it is. They give you grippy socks in like you know what I mean in, oh, in the medal yeah. award because you can't wear like whatever shoes with laces and stuff like that. Yeah. So. She's like, you know, this girl just needs to be a little 5150. It's okay. I'll just put her in the ward. She'll calm the fuck down. We'll get her on some anti-psych meds. It'll be all good. So Rose is going up. She's going to call the orderlies. And then she's like, here's a crash behind her. She turns around. This bitch has got a fucking shard of fucking glass to her throat. Rose is like, yeah. put that down. And Laura's like, no. Nah. And Rose is kind of like freaking out a little bit. She's like, okay, I'm the only one in here with this fucking patient. Like, what's mm-hmm. going on? This girl is smiling at her. A bad smile. It slits her throat. Fucking Glasgow smile. Fucking yep. ear to ear. Sicilian necktie, okay? Mm-hmm. And like something about this just has Rose kind of like, <clears throat> there's something that just like beneath this feels icky. Right. There's something about this because she's like, she's been in like situations where she's like, you know, she's in the, the publicly funded psych ward. So there's shit flying piss you know dudes jacking off in front of her fucking like people screaming and clawing at their faces yeah, you know what i mean all that shit she's right? seen she's it all seen like it. what would be but, so what is with this girl that has her so unsettled right that weird fucking smile you know what i mean and i kind of wanted her to have all the same thing where she's like you know she's st- slowly starting to kind of like fucking lose her like her marbles a little bit it's a little more subtle you know what i mean like the alarm and stuff like that and like you know like things are out of place and like she's seeing things that aren't there. People are smiling at her and like it's in a crowd, but she's not exactly like seeing it when she looks back again, it's not there just like more subtle than kind of what's been happening in the actual film. So her sister and her fiance are all kind of like worried about her. Right. Mm -hmm. And then like they're, you know, she, I wanted to go through the kind of like the same, I didn't want to have like the goofy ass fucking like she put the cat in the fucking box and like just yeah. fall through a fucking table, whatever. But like I did kind of still want the cat in the box. I did. It's but I wanted a up. bit more of a like she must have blacked out or yeah. some shit like that. You know what I mean? Like and then slowly like a little bit more subtle with the, the slow burn. Right. Now. I had this written down here. So I wrote this in handwriting. So I got to read my handwriting here. Okay. So as Rose is kind of like, this is kind of taking over her life. She is now trying to track down who was, what happened with Laura? What's going on with, what happened with Laura? And then what happened to Professor? Mm -hmm. So she finds out that Laura was stalking, you know, her professor. Okay. uh, Because she was kind of like, she, the professor was always very hard on her. She's like, there's got to be something with this fucking guy. Like, let me see if I can get some dirt on this guy. He'll give me, like, a good grade. She's like, you know what I mean? PhD student. Finds out her professor is a fucking pedophile. Right? Oh, shit. So she found this out. And her professor, like, killed himself. Because he found out that she found out. Yeah. Right? And there's that. So he fucking kills herself. And then Laura sees that shit and she's going through that during that whole week. Right. Mm -hmm. But the professor also has like a wife and a young son, you know, he's disabled and he's got, he's a, he's a good family man otherwise. Right. right? But he's got that whole secret 
heavy kind of some dark shit you know what i mean like that heavy kind of like you know and now so what laura kind of finds out is that this monster this demon she's seeing is not really a manifestation of trauma it's a manifestation of guilt Ooh. Ooh. It's, it's guilt right and if you you don't confess you're gonna you know kind of absolve yourself of the guilt you die right mm-hmm. so because once you've been passed on that curse if you're not absolving yourself of what guilt you have your secret your no matter what happens you will die so that's where the black guy comes from. I actually have that in here that she can actually talk to the magical Negro stereotype in the prison. <laughs> that's going to give her all the advice. Right. And he's like, look. Without him like, freaking out? Okay. I want him to be like, look. Yeah. I've been, some, I've been doing some awful shit in my life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, you know what I mean? This curse got passed on to me. It basically like made me realize that like I had to fucking come true with it. And now he's in fucking prison. Mm-hmm. He's done. Right. Right. And that's how he got rid that's of that. That's how he got rid of the okay. curse is because he kind of gave in to all the shady shit he was doing. Right. He confessed to his crimes and he allowed himself to go to prison. Okay. He's in there for the rest of his fucking life. He can't ever get out. Right. So Rose is like, okay, I got this. <laughs> okay. So Rose attempts to go to her, her childhood home and absolve herself of her guilt. And then, you know, like in the movie, there's this big kind of like, you know, a bit of a fight scene going Ooh. on between like the fucking <laughs> there's a bit of like you know back and forth because Rose still doesn't really want to let go of her she doesn't want to admit something you know uh, but basically it ends up with the house catching fire mm-hmm. and Rose is caught under the smoke and then it's kind of like regardless what happens Rose kind of knows she's going to die okay but what she decides to do is, is call her sister and confess that she allowed their mother to die. She watched it happen. She got rid of her for good because she, they needed to. Their mother was abusive. Their mother was, you know what I mean? Yep. So as a 12-year-old, she made the decision to watch her mother die, and she stayed there and made sure that she could not get up and get the phone and watch her die. And that was Rose's guilt. It kind of drove her away from her sister yeah. because even though her sister, like there is still that thing where like, doesn't matter if your parent is like a really like fucked up person. Mm-hmm. There's sometimes certain ways where you're always going to feel connected to them and like love them, especially if it's a fucked up relationship. For Holly sure. kind of had that. Yeah. While she couldn't be around her, she still loved her mother. It's almost like Rose tinted glasses, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. So Rose was like, I killed, I, I basically, I killed our mother is what happened. Mm-hmm. No matter what happens, Rose dies is in that house, but her guilt is absolved. Yeah. So the demon is kind of killed and she absolves herself of her guilt. Right. So she ends it with herself. She decides I'm going to tell the truth. That's <clears throat> it. The yeah. demon is dead. Rose is fucking dead. Dead. Okay. She needed to die. And that's it. I got rid of all the extra fat. No, that it's typical. Shit. That is, that is the way I wanted it to go. You you literally did exactly the way it should have gone. I just wanted because I feel like obviously you know what I mean. Like you know there could be 
cleaned up a little bit more but like i just thought that like you know what like i i'm sick of like rose was like this this fucking character that like things were just happening to her oh jeez, just ignore that is that your girl (laughs) just ignore that that's a studio calling (laughs) i'm just about to be sued (laughs) it's fucking paramount (laughs) you guys shut the fuck up you shut the fuck up you know, this is a good movie, all right? <laughs> it's a really good movie about trauma and stuff. But yeah, no, I just, I really wanted... Was yeah. it like an offshoot of Warner Brothers or something like that? Wasn't it like a Warner Brothers discount production or something so. like that? Yeah. I think I remember seeing something like that. Yeah. yeah they're coming for me right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got it's because I killed number. Trevor. They worked so hard to keep him alive. <laughs> we let the black guy live and this is what you're giving us? Are you kidding me? Lawsuit. Yeah, that's what it is. But yeah, no, I, I just wanted, like, I wanted, like, I'm a big fan of either morally great characters or characters that are stained somehow. Yeah. Like, people who have, like, you know what, you've either done some fuck shit, you've seen some fuck shit in your life, you're carrying that with you, but you're going to find a way, you're trying to find a way to make things right towards the end. Mm-hmm. I like that about a character. I really do. I'm a big fan of characters Well, it like builds. That. Yeah. It builds. It builds character. It's a journey. It's a growth thing. It's trying to see where people are. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to connect to the audience as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really good thing that you did because everybody lives with guilt. Mm -hmm. Everybody has something they they feel guilty about. Mm -hmm. Now, some things are serious. Some things aren't. You know, some people take guilt in a different spectrum than other people do. Mm -hmm. Um, But ultimately, I think like you could totally watch the the treatment that you did mm-hmm. and find a connection yeah with most of it uh so yeah i think like you you bring a more human element to it than like witnessing like you know like oh you have to witness a murder <laughs> to to then become possessed with this thing like mm-hmm. that to me is just it's it's nonsense mm-hmm. um you need something like more i think you need something more uh, more real mm-hmm. to uh, because trauma is such a broad spectrum yeah. of anything. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. having it as guilt, yeah. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. I do appreciate that, Joel. Thank you so much. Now, yeah, no, I just like, that's the thing is like, again, as a short film really works, but if you're going to put this out as like a feature film, got to dig a little bit, you got to dig a little bit deeper, got to flesh out a little more. Cause a lot of these characters were very, kind of one-dimensional yeah and i think like we both get mm-hmm. i think we did like two examples mm-hmm. of ways you could have handled it now i like i said like i almost completely eviscerated the original story <laughs> not a lot of it survived yeah um so that's like one far end of the spectrum mm-hmm. um but like yeah like you know like i didn't see it the way that you saw it mm-hmm. and that's like the cool part about it so I it's saw nice it, I saw it more as like a yeah. like a really fucked up <laughs> like like completely off the rails yeah type of horror film mm-hmm. and you brought like more of like a like a very like terrifying because it's real mm-hmm. it's real mm-hmm. so but you notice we do that 
We do do that. On the script, yeah. Someone does something outrageous, and someone does something that's way more human-like. Yeah, be like more grounded in humanity. Yeah, I like that though. It's always fun to see who's going to do the toss-up. Yeah, we had kind of have to look, go back in the library and take a look and see. Just like I, I can tell you that Love in the Villa was definitely like. Uh, <laughs> I took. I think I took the more realistic approach. I think you did too. <laughs> I think you did too. I hate that we're bringing this shit up again. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Cassie. Fucking Cassie. I forgot she's buried in me, but you still should listen to Love in the Villa, though. We, our scripts are better. Oh, yeah, for sure. Listen you to it. You should get in there and, and listen yeah. to that. Listen to the whole library. It's The whole thing. And uh, we will be uh, posting another episode next week. And we have to hit. Halloween. We have to hit the Halloween deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, spooky time is my favorite time of the yeah. year. I don't care about Christmas. I don't care about Easter. I don't care about the coming of Christ. Easter. I don't care about the coming of Christ. I don't care about uh, what's the other thing? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, you know, it really is like October thirty first. All of October, in my opinion, is a time to celebrate. Time to shine. The number of the beast. The number of the beast. <laughs> the witch's brew. <laughs> Everything about it, like enjoy the month of october mm-hmm. it is a beautiful month it's terrifying when you want it to be it's you know nostalgic when you want it to be mm-hmm. it's a really good time this is the time i dig up my all my horror shit and yeah. i watch it all mm-hmm. i go through it all and uh i don't have that motivation throughout the year mm-hmm. like if you want me to watch hellraiser in in june i i'll watch it <laughs> But I'm not going to really want to watch it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll watch it. Yeah. But, you know, like, when I'm watching it now, I love it. Now's when I watch the time. It, when I watch it in June, it's like, yeah, well, I've seen this before. Absolutely. Yeah. And now's the time to see Smile and then listen to our podcast. 100% do that. And then next week when we have our Halloween special, mm-hmm. you should listen to that too. And then we will be. In fact, subscribe. You should subscribe. You should absolutely subscribe. What do so they say on know. YouTube? Like, 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 subscribe. Comment, turn on your t- notifications. Yeah, thumbs up. <laughs> ring the bell. Now you can follow us on uh, Instagram at We Were Better, and uh, you can uh, follow us on Reddit. We have a Reddit. We do. We are going to do an AMA at, at some point. AMA, yeah. I think. Um, I think next I think month will be good. Next month, when things kind of calm down for us After here. It's calm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like. You know, wheels are still turning. Things are still being done. So still figuring it out, still going on. We yeah. appreciate everyone it's listening as we're uh, as we're going forward. But we're having a lot of fun. We so are. That's really uh, for that's sure. really good. Uh, yeah. So thank you guys for listening. You can catch us next week for the Halloween special. And until then, take care. Have a good one. I'm uh, really DeWolf. And I'm Joel Shyamalan. All right. Have a good one, boys. All right. Boo.